0: Here we go. It's happy hour on Friday night. The work week's over. I'm feeling hot tonight. Get my flirt on with Mike from BizDev. He says, let's get out of here, girl. I got room in my bed. 20 minutes later, we're on his couch, drunk, fondling, and making out. We're going to do the deed. God, he's such a fox. But then I realize I'm wearing Menorah socks. Menorah socks. Menorah socks. Maybe he won't notice he's had eight scotch on the rocks. Menorah socks. Menorah socks. This is one of the worst cock blocks. Menorah socks. Not even that religious. Mom got me these socks. Never had a bat mitzvah, and I can't stand locks. Oh. Had I done my laundry like I knew I should, Right about now, I'd be getting wood. Menorah socks, menorah socks. Getting in my pants shouldn't be like Fort Knox. Menorah socks, menorah socks. Compared to these granny panties? Rock! Menorah socks. First the right and now the left and oh no. Oh no. What? Those? Whatever. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> in the morning as he rises, <laughs> I can't have a left at you back and shines. He whispers to me. Thanks for the fun, Gelfandbine. I step out of bed to see my reflection, and I fall face first onto his Star Wars collection. Menorah socks, Menorah socks. Why was I so worried? He's got a Jedi lunchbox. Menorah socks, Menorah socks. They're so much cooler than his mini Ewoks. They're so much cooler than his mini Ewoks. Menorah socks. know i'm just gonna roll into the next song
1: hey yum's the word haven't you heard the yum's the word it was started by
0: a bird. My name is Robin. And her hair has lots of curls. Actually I blow it out a lot. Two stories, like wedding the bed next to your boyfriend. Pretty funny and absurd. Like your boss tickling your side boob. So welcome all you nerds. And cool people too. This is for everyone. Except kids.
1: Yum's the word
0: Hey everybody, welcome to Yum's the Word I'm Robin Gelfenbein and at the top You heard me singing about the worst Hanukkah gift I ever got Actually, I'm going to be Celebrating Hanukkah this weekend at Auntie's Which I haven't done in a very long time Because it hasn't fallen around Christmas when I'm usually home But don't worry, I will be sure to report Back in case she says anything funny Which is very likely In fact, I just got an email from her where the entire message was in the subject line. Oh, Auntie. Speaking of Auntie, we have got the latest Oi to the World video up. If you are not familiar with Oi to the World, it is a video series I've been doing with her for the past five years. Very simple premise. I asked Auntie about all the things that made her say Oi over the course of the year. And of course, this year, there was an abundance of things that were Oi worthy you can check that out on our Facebook page, on Twitter, and on our YouTube channel. Now, since I'm Jewish, if you couldn't figure it out, or if you didn't know, uh, you might be wondering why this episode is called Pink Magic Jesus. Well, if you are a longtime fan of the show, the live show that is, you may remember Pink Magic Jesus. Pink Magic Jesus is a Pepto-Bismol colored Jesus doll that looks remarkably Like a dildo. What's special about Pink Magic Jesus is that he's like a magic eight ball, so you can ask him all sorts of questions. In fact, I used to let the audience ask Pink Magic Jesus some questions, but then about four years ago, I broke up with him. It just wasn't working out, and he was just too hard to read. Literally, it's impossible to read his answers under his robe. But at last week's live show, I resurrected. Pink Magic Jesus because we pay tribute to December birthdays. Why? Because I have a lot of sympathy for people born around this time of year. Alex's birthday is December 20th and mine is Christmas adjacent. You'll hear exactly when it falls a little bit later in the episode with my second song. So in that spirit we are dedicating this episode to anyone who has a birthday in December with stories of disappointment because we know what it's like to be overlooked year after year. Right, Alex?
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah, it hurts. But we're here for you. So first up is Andy Christie. Andy is the host and creator of The Liar Show, which is one of my very favorite storytelling shows. His writing has appeared in the New York Times, and he's been on the Moth Radio Hour and the Moth Podcast. This is his story about sibling rivalry surrounding a Christmas gift he'll never
2: forget. Hi, everybody. Um, so this is um, was a, a Christmas Eve a long time ago. I was about eight. Um, my brother Artie was about 12, and we were at my father's place on 14th Street here. And he's just given us our uh, Christmas gifts. And I can tell before we open anything, uh, this is not going to be the best Christmas <laughs> ever. Um, they're like freakishly uneven. Uh, I'm sitting there with a little kind of red and green striped foil <laughs> package on my lap and my brother Artie is literally walking around his present. Um, it's like a wrapping paper mountain. It's like someone threw a Santa Claus tarp over a pony. You know, a pony like riding a new bicycle. <laughs> and, uh, It's one of those like formless, sort of shapeless, non cubic presence that says no simple geometry could describe the wonders inside, (laughs) you know? So he tears it open and it is, uh, is an aquarium. It's like a 30 or 40 gallon uh, fish tank. It's not just the tank though. It's surrounded by all the shit. It's surrounded by, you know, the tubes and the filters and the, and the pumps and the lights and the rainbow colored gravel and like the, you know, the skin divers, and the bubbly, <laughs> all that stuff. So it's surrounded by just a mount, mountain of just like incredibly beautiful stuff. Um, everything but the fish. Um, I open mine and it is a book. <laughs> looks like a textbook. Um, it's got like a plain black cover on it. It's a little scuffed up. Um, and I open it up uh, to read it, and I, 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 I can't because it's in Italian.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm not Italian. And it is filled with the most amazingly detailed illustrations of the most amazingly disturbing images (laughs) I've seen on my eight years on the planet. There are like devils with giant bat wings flying around swinging severed human heads by the hair. Uh, There are men and women eating each other. There are men and women doing things to each other I don't understand at eight years old. And everybody is naked. It's not the Hardy Boys. It's not you know, even in color, you know. Um, but my father knew that I liked books, especially books with pictures. So even if, <laughs> even if he gave me a book filled, you know, a, a book I couldn't read, um, filled with pictures I couldn't bear to look at, um, like forget about understanding the words. I didn't even understand the pictures, you know. Even if he did that, I know he put some, 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 some you know, thought into it. Um, but I, like you, judged my gifts based on mass and value alone. Um, so I burst into tears. Um, we knew, my brother and Artie and I both knew where the, 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 these things uh, came from. We knew they came from Emil who was um, a guy who lived upstairs in Dad's uh, building. It was a single men's rooming house that he ran on 14th Street between 7th and 8th uh, Avenue. He moved there and became super of the building after the divorce. Um, my mother and father met right at the end of World War II. In Austria, they got married, they moved to America, they had some kids, and they got divorced. Um, I remember asking Dad um, why, why they split up once. And he said, well, you know, people change. And I asked my mother the same question. And she said, uh, because people never change. <laughs> it was a teaching moment for a kid, you know? Um, I think what happened is after the war, once the Nazis were out of the picture, they finally had time to take a good look at each other, you know? So anyway, so after the divorce, Dad moved to Manhattan. We spent weekdays in Queens with Mom, weekends um, with Dad in his single men's rooming house where he was the super. And we used to help him uh, work (laughs) there. Um, Every Saturday morning, he would have to make the rounds around the whole building uh, to kind of like pick up the old soiled sheets and pillowcases, linens he called them, as if it were like Buckingham Palace. (laughs) Uh, pick up the old sheets and pillowcases and and deliver n- new stuff, you know. And so we helped him uh, do that. We go up and down. It was like eight floors in the building, and um, these these sheets um, were not like sheets in an Ivory Snow commercial, you know. This was a single men's rooming house. They're kind of uh, amber colored, <laughs> and they <laughs> had even darker amber blotches in them. That could have been, you know, nicotine, or whiskey, or I'm going to just say, Dad didn't let me play ghost with these things. (laughs) So we would go make our way up from the first floor up to the eighth floor, uh, knocking on doors. Guy would open the door. We'd go in. We'd pick up the soiled sheets, stick them in a pillowcase, leave off the fresh stuff, and go to the next door. And every once in a while, we'd get to a door, knock on it, and nobody was in. Um, We'd knock again. No answer. And then Dad would pull out his master key, this kind of skeleton key that would open any door in in the building. And he would open it up, and every once in a while, he would find somebody in there, but dead. Um, Not like shot through the head or like hanging from a steam pipe, just kind of like worn all the way down to nothing, you know? And then Dad would, would sort of do this to me and my brother, like a school crossing guard, kind of. (laughs) And uh, he was one of those dads who was full of, like, aphorisms, you know? Like, you know, save your pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves, you know, never give up. Um, (laughs) In this situation, he would say something like, well, at least, you know, he lived a full, rich life. (laughs) Even at eight years old, (laughs) I knew that you had not lived a full, (laughs) rich life if you wound up in Dad shithole the place. <laughs> then he would send us back down to his apartment in the building and, um, and uh, to, to wait, and he would uh, go into the apartment and he would call the precinct and he would report the latest <laughs> vacancy. And uh, while he waited, he would uh, kind of poke around and do a little uh, shopping <laughs> with a pillowcase. And um, a little while later, he'd come back downstairs with a pillowcase full of all kinds of stuff that would wind up under our Christmas tree. <laughs> around their birthday cake. These were uh, not the kind of guys who collected, you know, yo-yos and water pistols. So not all the presents were particularly kid-friendly. To wit, this Italian textbook full of dirty pictures. Anyway, so now I am standing there, and I'm sobbing, snot's coming out of my nose, um, because this is so, so un- just unfair. I'm looking at my book, I'm looking at Arding's like Sea World over there. And, and, and he has, he's like blowing into one end of one of the filter pump, you know, tubes, and he's got the other end in his ear. You know, he could, he could care less about getting a fish tank. He I think he wanted a BB gun. You know. But I'm, I'm sobbing and I want to make a trade, right? I know it's gonna hurt dad's feelings, but I figure I'm a kid, I can get away with it. Um, and he picks up my book and starts flipping through it. And because he's older, he's more mature, and because it's full of like naked women, he says, I'll do it, I'll do it. And we make the trade and like everybody's happy. I'm happy, maybe not dad. And maybe not the three fish that I bought uh, the next day because I remember they they lived a short hungry life. Um, You know they could probably see that little box of fish food right through the glass of their aquarium if they could see through all the algae on the side of the aquarium. So within like a month or so my tank (laughs) <laughs> it's like in a garbage can out in front of the, the building. But Artie has taken really good care of of, of the book. Uh, as a matter of fact, he keeps it under his mattress to keep, you know, take good care of it. <laughs> so quite a while later, uh, my father uh, passed away in the old building. And Artie and I went back to clear out the old uh, stuff. And we both left with uh, boxes of junk that, that was there. Um, uh, my box was filled with litter, essentially. You're just broken pieces of wood and plastic and garbage. Artie's had his book in it. It was still there. Um, a little while later I get a phone call, a couple of days later, and it's, it's my brother. And, um, and he, says, um, he says, you ever hear of this Italian artist, Gustave Doré? Oh and uh, I had. I had gone to art school by this time and I do not want to hear what the whole rest of this conversation is going to be. Uh, I say, yeah, why? He says, ever hear of Dante's Inferno? Mm -hmm. turns out that the old dirty book from Dad's old room in this place was an 1863 edition of Gustave Doré's illustrated masterpiece, (laughs) Dante's Divine Comedy. It's what book people call a first impression with plates, And it's worth a lot more than three dead goldfish. (laughs) And I'm on the phone and I'm getting weepy. And I think, but that's my book. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm kind of back there again, really on the verge of tears. I don't want to cry, but I know, like, I'm a man now. (laughs) Crying is not going to get this thing (laughs) back. But I know patience will. Because my brother is even older than I am. (laughs) And like Dad always said, nobody lives forever. (laughs) That's my story.
0: Um, So what would you like to ask Pink Magic Jesus, Andy? I
2: have two questions.
0: Oh, excellent.
2: Since it does look like that thing you said it looks like. Yes. What's it like in there? No, okay, that's not the real question. That's not the real question. Um, The real question is how long does it take for a mature man's hair to grow back?
0: Okay, let's find out all it says is yes my child (laughs) I knew it awesome give it it for Andy Christie that was Andy Christie you can find Andy on Twitter at Christie underscore Andy that's Christie like Chris Christie spells it and his next liar show is on New Year's Eve at the Cornelia Street Cafe at 6pm for what he calls the why So Early Bird special? You can get tickets and information at theliarshow.com. And if you want to know what Pink Magic Jesus looks like, you can see a picture of Alex posing with it on our Instagram at yumsthewordshow. Did you have fun hanging out with Pink Magic Jesus, Alex?
1: Pink Magic Jesus and I had a blast in a completely platonic way.
0: It, it, it would appear so. That picture is dynamite. <laughs> you guys look very adorable and cozy together. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we had a ton. You bonded. We bonded. Nice. This all sounds really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's only bad when
0: you see the picture. Right. Yeah, that too. Next up is our Mad Lib story from our December show, which incidentally also wound up being about disappointment. It was read by a very dear friend of mine, Megan Schultz, who was our first yums the word December birthday girl five years ago.
3: Hi, everybody. Thank you for helping me celebrate my birthday. 29 never looks so good, right? Okay, oh, yeah. 30. Oh, yeah, with 13. with 13, 13. Okay, so this is on the day I was born. My mother loves to tell the ginormous story of the day I was born. She says it was the most sebaceous day of her life. <laughs> Mom woke up in the middle of the feta cheese, and my dad rushed her <laughs> to westerly Rhode Island for you, Jeff. When I was born, I immediately began resurrecting and crying, and the doctor announced, it's a fish stick. <laughs> or as my nephew, uh, Sean, would say, fish dick. Oh, <laughs> yes. When he was little, okay, not anymore. He's 21. My parents' proposition was joy. The doctor wrapped me in a soft dildo and handed, to me, and handed me to my sexy mom. <laughs> I weighed just...
1: <laughs> Wait,
0: sexy's on there twice now. Oh, Wait, well. What's that? Sexy's on there twice now. Um, right. okay. We're
3: bringing sexy back again. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. This is friends. <laughs> I weighed just pie pounds and, <laughs> and 13 ounces. Mom called me her corpulent bundle of four <laughs> and said I was the most ugly thing she had ever seen. But I've seen the pictures, and I thought I looked like a sexy blob. The end.
0: And now the moment you've been waiting for, I present to you, Jesus Steals My Thunder, for all of the December birthday boys and girls, wherever they are, tonight. The holidays are here. Santa's on his way. All the world's flutter for Jesus Christ's birthday. Classy. <laughs> I'd really like to care, but each year I get dissed. Bad enough, I'm Jewish. My birthday is December 26. It's true. A Hanukkah slash birthday gift, Mom, that's not very nice. You only shop on my birthday so you can get my gifts half price. Why are all my presents wrapped in red and green? And why do all my birthday cards have a freaking major scene? Oh, combo gifts, a combo meal. How is that supposed to make me feel? When you're born the day after Christmas, you're a 2 for one meal meal
1: <laughs>
0: Partying for two days straight really can be fun, but my friends always shoot their wad on God's alleged son. Returning gifts on Boxing Day must be such a chore, because my friends give me the lousy crap that they got the day before. <laughs> Like a chia head, bacon spread, the greatest hits of right, said Fred. I'm too sexy for this song. When you're born the day after Christmas, you wish Mary had just given head. (laughs) As a child, I blew out candles on a fruitcake once or twice. And on my sweet 16, I was cock blocked by Christ. <laughs> when I turned 21, I tried to raise a glass, but all the bars were closed for goddamn midnight mass. <laughs> Wrong note. Oh, so much for ponens on the podcast. Oh, (laughs) shopping malls, major stalls, joy to the world and deck the halls. When you're born the day after Christmas, you want to deck JC's balls. (laughs) And to make things worse, my birthday's on Kwanzaa. Nothing rhymes with Kwanzaa (laughs) Except Lufthansa (laughs) Listen up, you lovebirds Before you make a fetus Please take my sage advice Hear me now, I'll say it twice Unless you want your kid to pay the price Don't have sex in March No Sex in March, sex in March Watch college hoops instead Wait till April Fool's Day And then December Babies and me thank you I have to say I am thrilled that the two songs I have that have the word cockblock block in them made it on this episode makes me very happy maybe we should have named the episode cock block and robin like rock Roll. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I never thought of that before. All right, our next storyteller is Leslie Goshko. Leslie is the host and creator of the monthly storytelling series, Sideshow Goshko, which will be celebrating its eighth anniversary in January. She is a contributing blogger to the Huffington Post, and her stories and comedy writing have appeared on SiriusXM, WNYC. New York Metro, Funny Page, and more. This is her story of a shocking and unexpected Christmas proposal she got when she had hit rock bottom.
4: Um, So before my husband and I moved to New York, uh, we had this whole other life. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, where we were living, we were both uh, high school teachers. We had like a 401k teacher's retirement, like we had a savings account, we had a paid for car. Like it was this whole life that had this little bow on it that was like a very nice life. And then in 2006, something happened. And in that year, the Broadway musical Hairspray had this online contest, which I won. And I got to perform on Broadway with the cast of Hairspray. Thank you. Uh, but I got to tell you, I mentioned that because, to be honest, like there's something very seductive about like dancing around with giant wigs where you're like, I should be doing this all the time. I'm going to take out my life savings. And quit my job, and that's what I did. (laughs) So, to save you some details, fast forward six months and about uh, 20 pounds later, uh, I'm sitting in my 300 square foot studio on my futon because that's where sadness lives. and I'm hanging out with my good pal, Depression, Uh, to this day, have never just been so, like, broke. If you really know what broke, just broke, okay? Literally and emotionally, (laughs) and just miserable. Like, fresh fruits and vegetables, we can't afford those anymore. Like, we don't eat that every day. Every day, we're just eating beans and rice canned beans and rice, canned beans and we're getting that real nice doughy, (laughs) starchy, like, "Mm, I'm sad kind of face going. And like, I thought all of that was just like a low point. I thought that, no, no, no. The low point came when I was sitting on said futon, this mouse comes out from behind the stove, roots around in the trash, there's no food there, Uh, jumps out, I swear, and just like sits and just goes, just like tilted it, like pity from this mouse. And like, oh, you poor country mice. You didn't know. You didn't know when you came here. And that just tipped whatever scale I was on. I was like, that's it! Like, I have to get out of here. I have to get out of here. Had no money to go anywhere, but I knew that that night there was this tree lighting ceremony in Bryant Park and they were gonna have these Broadway singers and ice skaters. And I said to my husband, I was like, I have to get out of here. I was like, do you wanna come with me to see the Broadway singers and the skaters? And he's heterosexual, so he said no. So I was like, fine, I'm going by myself. So I make my way down to Bryant Park, and just as I'm getting closer and closer, I'm getting angrier and angrier. Like, this gamble to New York didn't pay off. Like, I had a whole life. Like, I've just ruined my life. And the only consolation I had was I was like, at least at the end of this, I'm going to have, like, a nice, enjoyable New York night. (laughs) That's everyone who's been to the tree lighting ceremony at Bryant Park. (laughs) rock you know I get there and it is just that you know swarm of where it's like free event you know and it's tourists everyone's from Europe and they're like let's so like I get there it's wall-to-wall people and I'm just muscling my way through and I get in the middle, I get stuck, I can't see anything. There's this woman behind me and every, it's so close, every time she moves her hand, it's just like on my ass. I literally at one point turn around, I go, if you don't stop what you're doing, I'm charging you for that feel. She's like, whoa, tis the season. I'm that person in the crowd. There's this older, like this cute older gentleman in front of me. He keeps turning around, like looking at me. I'm like, what's this dude's problem? So finally, he was like, "Excuse me, miss. I noticed you're not having a good time." And I was like, "Eh." And uh, <laughs> he was like, "Do you want my spot? I can I can see everything from here." And I was, eh, because I'm committed to being an asshole now, <laughs> so. He's like, no, no, take my spot. And he just pushes me into his spot. And even though it's like only one person, like depth difference, like I can see everything. Like I can see the tree and I can see the skaters and the singers. And like, and honestly, for a while, like I do forget all this bullshit. And it is like one of those like only in New York moments where you're like, this is why I came. Like this is really cool. And so after a while, you know it's getting later and I'm getting cold and I turn around I was like oh you can have your spot back I have to head home and he's like oh I'm actually heading out myself I'll you know I'll walk out with you and so I kind of follow him and we muscle our way out and we get out in the perimeter and then I was like well thanks again for your spot and he's like sure he's like miss can I just tell you something I was like okay and he goes I just want to say I think you're a very beautiful woman and it was like the First nice thing anyone said since I moved to New York with my rice face. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you for staying beautiful. <laughs> and then he says, and I'd like to offer you a hundred thousand dollars to sleep with you. Oh, Squid What? Say that again? Yes, I'd like to offer you a hundred thousand dollars to sleep with you. And I was like, it's a Christmas miracle! <laughs> packaging. Like, in my mind all this time, I was like, he's an adorable shoe cobbler. Like, not like the ghost of Christmas prostitution. And as like, I'm looking at him, like all I see are the beans and rice being like, do it, do it. Like, do him. Do this dude. And it's like the angel and the devil. It's like, take the money, take the money. And then it's like, remember what your mom told you? I was like, yes, remember the thing my mom told me? What's the thing my mom used to tell me? Uh, uh, oh, don't be a whore. <laughs> Don't be a whore. Now, I kind of, I just want to take a second here, guys. I really want to break this down for you, okay? $100,000. Do you know what you can buy with $100,000? Lettuce. Produce like you can buy these things with that money, and as I'm like listening him, he's just laying it on thicker and thicker. He's like, "This is the hotel I'm going to take you to, and I have the penthouse suite, and we're going to get room service, and I'm an excellent lover." And I was just like, it, "Like it's starting to sound good," so I was like, "Must leave, like like emergency plan kicked in, must get out." Um, so I was like, "I'm I'm sorry, I have to go, I have to go." And he he said, well, are you going to the subway? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, let me accompany you there. And I was like, oh, he's a
3: gentleman too.
4: (laughs) So he walks me to the subway. And we actually have like a really nice conversation. I mean, for him like being a sexual predator and all, but (laughs) very pleasant. And we get to the subway. And before we leave, he takes my hand, he kisses it. And he goes, is there anything else I can do to convince you? And I don't know why I said this next thing. <laughs> but I go, listen, if we're both here next year, like, <laughs> like, like, I don't even need to say anymore. Like, I wanted it to be like this Sleepless in Seattle thing, like, I'll, I'll meet you at the Empire State Building. But it was really just like, okay, uh, if like in a year, I'm still broke and you're still horny, like, we'll lock it down. Like, it was very much <laughs> like a business transaction. <laughs> So he kissed my hand, and he goes, and I go in the subway. And I'm thinking about this all the way home, like, what the hell just happened? And I get home, I open the door, my husband's there. And I go, you are not going to believe the night that I had. And I tell him everything, like every little specific detail. And when I finish, it's just silence. (laughs) which is the part of my marriage where I learned, oh, you don't tell your spouse everything. You don't tell them to make this work. You don't tell them everything that happens. And finally, he speaks, and when he does, he says, so like, how is he gonna pay you, with a check? Thank you, guys.
2: Thank you, Robin.
0: All right, so we're going to do a little Pink Magic Jesus. <laughs> this
4: totally looks, it, like it looked like a dildo from back there, but up here, like, it, it's, it's there.
1: <laughs> it puts the erect in resurrection. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> that was pretty
0: good. <laughs> nice. um, all right, so what would you like to ask Pink Magic Jesus, Leslie? I was trying to think of, like, something really creative, but I think I just want
4: something, like, kind of, like, Real, yeah, Um, sure. Can I make it through this Christmas without getting blackout drunk?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Or
4: hysterical. All
1: right. So
0: now this is this is such a hard thing to read. So I need a flashlight. So uh... (laughs) I know it's it's. Oh, this is what Jesus says: resist the devil. sponsors here isn't he
4: uh, <laughs> fuck you Joel no. <laughs> I don't have a sponsor he died uh, <laughs> thanks Jesus thanks Robin Thank you, Leslie. Woo!
0: Thank you, Leslie. that was Leslie Goshko you can find Leslie on Twitter at oh my goshko that's o-o-h my m-y goshko g-o-s-h-k-o Her eight-year anniversary show is on January 26th at the KGB Bar. She also performs regularly with the Losers Lounge at Joe's Pub, so check her out. All right, we are on hiatus for the next few months, so we will be going full throttle on new podcast episodes, and we'll be sharing some fun content on our ice cream social media. Be sure to follow all the fun on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Yums The Word Show. Our next live show is April 12th at La Poisson Rouge. Still working out what the theme is, but I can tell you this. We have got the one and only Gary Vaynerchuk on the show. The man is a powerhouse on the web. He's a social media giant, best-selling author of books like Crush It, and he just so happens to be an unbelievably nice guy. Actually, he did our very first favorite Yiddish word video a few months ago. In it, he shares the Yiddish word that his grandmother taught him back in the day. You can check that out on our Instagram at yamsthewordshow. Also, if you like what you hear, please let us know by giving us a quick rating and review on iTunes. It helps get the word out about our podcast to other people who like podcasts, storytelling, and comedy. Thanks. And finally, I would like to thank you, our listeners, and everyone who made it out to our live shows this year. We wouldn't be where we are without you, and I'm so grateful for your laughs, your love, your enthusiasm, your appetite, and your support. It all means the world to me. Best wishes for a very happy holiday season and an even better new year. The stories you just heard were recorded live at Le Poisson Rouge in New York City. The podcast is produced by me, Robin Gelfenbein, and Alex Fulton, who wrote some of the music. And the theme song is by Mark Radcliffe. Special thanks to Matt Fiddler, Michael Cedar, Danny Ortiz, Megan Deneen, and Carly Patron. I'm Robin Gelfenbein. Thanks for listening. Hope you get a piece. Happy holidays. And until next time.
3: The doctor wrapped me in a soft dildo and handed me to my sexy mom. <laughs>
1: Yum, <dude. laughs>